Hi, and welcome to Digital Gardening, the podcast about digital literacy in higher education. I'm Adam Maxwell, and I'm joined by my co-host, Paul Cook. Hi, everyone. Happy holidays. And today, we're going to be talking about something that has been making its way around, uh, you know, being very viral uh, this past week, and that's ChatGPT, uh, which is a, a project of open AI, and, and there's been a lot of prog- prognosticating about what this means, uh, well, really for everything, for labor, for work, uh, and for higher education. This is a very sophisticated um, artificial intelligence system that can do lots of things, including um, produce uh, essays, which is what a lot of people are talking about. We wanted to talk about the role that um, that ChatGPT has uh, in uh, higher education, uh, in, in particular, uh, you know, what it means for digital literacy. But we're about, uh, you know, a week and a half, uh, you know, away from uh, from Christmas, certainly in the holiday season here. So, you know, we wanted to provide something, you know, a little uh, a little different, a little fun to begin the um, a little gift to you all to, to begin the uh, the episode today. A Christmas gift, if you will. Welcome to the Christmas Carol Chronicles, where we put a twist on the classic holiday tale. In today's episode, we bring you a story of digital literacy and the importance of staying up to date with technology. It was Christmas Eve, and Ebenezer Scrooge, a grumpy old man who worked at Indiana University, was sitting at his desk in his cramped office, staring at his computer screen. Suddenly, the ghost of his former colleague, Jacob Marley, appeared before him, chains wrapped around his spectral body. Ebenezer Scrooge, I have come to warn you. You are in danger of becoming a digital Scrooge, consumed by your own greed and ignorance. Unless you change your ways, you will be doomed to a life of loneliness and isolation, just like me. What do I care about digital literacy? I have all the knowledge I need right here in my head. You are wrong, Ebenezer. The world is constantly changing, and you must keep up with it or risk being left behind. Your refusal to learn new things and embrace technology is holding you back. But there is still time to change. That application for the Digital Gardening uh, Spring 2023 cohort is on your computer as we speak. Three spirits will visit you tonight to show you the error of your ways. And with that, Marley vanished, leaving Scrooge to ponder his words. Ebenezer Scrooge, I am the ghost of digital past. I have come to show you your own personal history, and how you have always been resistant to change and unwilling to learn new things. Do you remember the first time you tried to use a computer? You were completely lost and frustrated. And do you recall your reaction to the internet? You sneered at the idea and refused to give it a chance. And what about social media? You completely dismissed it as a passing fad. Look at how much you have missed out on, Ebenezer. All because you were too stubborn to adapt and learn. Ebenezer Scrooge, I am the ghost of digital present. I have come to show you the state of the world today, where technology is integral to almost every aspect of life. Your colleagues are all well-versed in the latest technologies and use them to their advantage, while you are left behind, struggling to keep up. 
Do you see the importance of digital literacy now, Ebenezer? Ebenezer Scrooge, I am the ghost of digital future. I have come to show you a terrifying glimpse of what your future could be if you did not change your ways. This is your future, Ebenezer Scrooge, if you did not change your ways. You are completely isolated and alone, unable to communicate or connect with anyone because of your lack of digital skills. Your job has been outsourced to checked, a virtual assistant, because you were not able to keep up with the demands of the digital age. You are a lonely old man regretting your past choices and longing for the chance to go back and change them. This is your future, Ebenezer, if you did not change your ways. Uh, I am overcome with guilt and regret. I realize that I have been foolish to ignore the importance of digital literacy. I vow to change my ways. On Christmas morning, Scrooge woke up with a new outlook on life. He eagerly signed up for the Digital Gardener Faculty Fellows Program at Indiana University and spent his days learning new things and embracing technology. And as he sat at his computer, surrounded by his friends and colleagues, he couldn't help but feel grateful for the ghosts who had shown him the error of his ways. Merry Christmas, everyone, and may we all strive to be digitally literate in the years to come. Thank you for tuning into the Christmas Carol Chronicles. We hope this twist on the classic holiday tale has inspired you to think about the importance of staying up to date with technology and being digitally literate. If you are interested in improving your digital skills, be sure to check out the Digital Gardener Faculty Fellows Program at Indiana University. Until next time, happy holidays. What an uplifting story. Yeah, he really did learn the error of his ways, and I'm so happy that he finally decided to apply for the Digital Gardener Faculty Fellowship uh, Spring 23 cohort. Are you? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what's really cool about this little, you know, story, and, you know, I hope not too many people, you know, roll their eyes too much as they were listening. Uh, <laughs> this was, um, uh, this was, was, was your idea. You put together the script, right? Um, well, so I did... Yeah, I did have the idea. Um, I, I emailed Adam earlier this week and said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did a Christmas Carol kind of version that uh, used IU references? But I, I can't take credit for the script. Uh, in fact, that was something that um, that we that we generated uh, just this afternoon on ChatGPT. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So so we uh, we opened up ChatGPT and we said, um, write a version of the of the uh, of the Christmas Carol or of a Christmas Carol. Um, except include references to Indiana University and make it um, about uh, Scrooge, you know, uh, not learning to be digitally literate. Um, and, and that's essentially what it, uh, what it, what it put out. Um, you know, it, it uh, we, uh, we then um, asked it uh, to, to make it into, so we asked it for a story and then we asked it to make it into a script, like a, a podcast script. And ultimately, that's what we got. And other than a, a, a small little change that Paul made uh, during uh, the early part to add a reference to a digital gardener, uh, and, and it, this is basically what it produced. Yeah, just a little human ad living there. And and I would also note too that um, it it we we used um, we used uh, a program called Murph, which is a, an AI generated voiceover uh, or voice uh, actor type program. Um, and all of this took us about now well, just over an hour to put this whole thing together, uh, which I think is pretty astounding. I mean, we 
we met this afternoon and basically put this all together. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it is it is amazing. So so to, anyway, so today we're going to talk about really the role of of AI and things like Chat GPT um, in um, in digital literacy. Uh, you know, really, you know, um, AI could have a real big impact on digital literacy in higher ed, especially in the realm of, of personalized learning. Paul. Um, it can analyze a student's strengths and weaknesses, as well as their learning style, and create a customized learning path that is tailored to their needs. It can lead to more efficient and effective learning, as students can focus on the areas where they need the most help. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think AI can also be used to create more interactive and engaging learning experiences uh, for students. For example, AI tutoring platforms can provide students with real-time feedback and support as they work through course material and problems. Additionally, AI-powered virtual assistants can help students navigate complex course materials and even provide personalized study recommendations. Uh, another way that AI can enhance digital literacy in higher education is by automating certain tasks and procedures. So, for example, AI can be used to grade assignments and provide feedback to students, which is something that Adam and I were talking about earlier freeing up instructors to focus on more high-level tasks, such as providing personalized support and guidance to students. And by the way, uh, if you were wondering the last, uh, you know, maybe 30 seconds to 45 seconds of answers of discussions that Paul and I were having, that wasn't us. I mean, we were speaking, uh, but we were reading a, um, a a bit of text that we asked ChatGPT to create. We said, create a podcast script about the role AI will play in digital literacy in higher education. And, um, uh, and, and, and I, you know, in prepping for this episode, I showed uh, this to Paul yesterday and I didn't, I didn't tell him I had, I had said something. I didn't tell him that I had uh, created it in chat, chat GPT. And he said, it sounded pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing. So, so for the rest of the episode, I do promise uh, yeah. our listeners that it's just going to be me and Paul, like the real me and Paul chat GPT will not be part of, uh, it, we'll talk about chat GPT, but it's. Uh, you know, what it's producing will not be part of it. But, you know, I, I want to pick up, Paul, on on a piece that um that you had, you know, that that chat GPT, uh, you know, put in the uh, in in uh, a point that it, that it made uh, in its writing that you just read, which is which is, you know, in higher education, um, you know, AI could be used to grade assignments and to provide feedback. And and I want to tell you something that I did. I did this today. So I, I was curious about about that. So I took, uh, I teach communications law, and I took a prompt, a discussion prompt that I had asked um, uh, in the discussion board a few years ago. It was uh, asking students to analyze a proposed law that would combat cyberbullying, uh, and then in, in analyze it to um, to see, you know, how, uh, uh, you know, how vague was the law, you know, would it address cyber bullying issues? Would it impact the first amendment? Um, so it was a pretty complex, you know, detailed, uh, prompt. Um, and then, and then I, so I, I, I told chat GPT, here's my prompt. And then I, I, uh, uh, provided a sample, um, student response to that. And I said, you know, here's a sample student response. And then I asked chat GPT, can you provide write feedback for uh, for that? Uh, you know, can you write feedback for uh, for uh, this student? You know, or you know this hypothetical student. You know, this um, 
uh, this answer based upon, uh, you know, the, this prompt that, uh, that was given and it was amazing. So I, I, I was going to read to you the, the, uh, the, you know, the feedback it said, overall, the student's response to the first question about the language of the bill is clear and well articulated. The student correctly identifies the lack of detail in the bill as a weakness and offers a suggestion for how to address it by creating different levels of punishment based on the severity of the offense. However, the student's response to the second question could be more focused and well-supported. The student makes a general statement that the bill could work to combat cyberbullying without violating the First Amendment, but this does not provide any specific examples or analysis to back up this claim. Additionally, the student does not address the issue of whether the law would affect protected speech or conduct uh, conduct beside beyond cyberbullying. To strengthen the response, the student could provide more detailed analysis and examples, could support the conclusion about the effectiveness of the bill on addressing cyberbullying and its impact on protected speech. Wow. I mean, <laughs> it, there are some aspects of this that, you know, obviously, uh, you know, as a as a human being, as, as someone who's you know deeply uh, knowledgeable about this area, you know, um, knowledgeable about you perhaps how other students might have responded i would have perhaps a added a little bit more detail but that's pretty good right uh, and what do you think paul well yeah i mean i think th this is an interesting facet of this because you're right it, it's you know is it perfect is it precisely what you would say no but i think with a human governor there right uh so to speak with with an actual human there to kind of read it over before sending it to the student um, maybe fix or address some of those inaccuracies, some of those subtleties that aren't quite what, what you would have, right, if, if you had written it yourself, uh, and to maybe add in a level of detail, uh, you know, that's going to take you maybe what, Adam, a couple of minutes to add that in, right, um, as opposed to the seven to ten minutes that it would have taken you to sit down and write all of that out. That is one, I think, of the most interesting elements of the potentials of chat GPT is how it can be a time saver and a, and a tool, uh, not just for grading, obviously, but also for writing. Let me give you a kind of a scenario. Think about all those times where you're sitting and you're working on a research paper, you're working on, on you know, it, even something more uh, kind of mundane, like an email. And you you get to a point where you're not quite sure what to do next. You, you get a little stuck, right? Um, you know, imagine kind of taking a rough hewn version of what you think you might want to say next, putting it into ChatGPT, and then having it generate kind of a nice polished version of that for you just to help you get unstuck. Um, that's another thing that I've been thinking about a lot, right? I mean, the, the ways that this could be used as a tool for for writers and creatives uh, of all types and also people that just, you know, as part of their jobs have to generate a lot of bureaucratic uh, boilerplate. <laughs> um, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I, obviously this raises a host of ethical questions, right? I mean, um, if students are paying to be in our classes, shouldn't we be the ones that are providing them feedback, right? I mean, yes. To what extent is using ChatGPT acceptable ethically? What do you think about some of these? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's fascinating. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. There's a host of 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 questions, right? I mean. Um, you know, a, a lot of what we've seen, and, and you know, certainly you come from from the English composition background, right? The Atlantic, I think, did a, a story that the the death of the college essay or something to that effect, right? Right. And, and there's lots of people saying, "Oh my God," you know, because it's it's not it's not plagiarized, right? I mean, in the right. sense that a plagiarism detector could could find it. This is like new stuff. I mean, it is 
it is a, 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 a you know, a model of, you know, a, a computer that's, that's, you know, this natural language model that's built on billions and billions and billions of web pages. Um, and, uh, and it's creating something new, right? Um, so, you know, now I think that people, certainly academic dishonesty, right? If I were to say, uh, you know, produce a paper from this and, and turn it in and say, I wrote it, you know, that's similar to me, you know, if I were to say to my friend, here's 50 bucks, write my paper for me, right? Um, uh, but but I think that, that uh, you know, it's interesting, right? Um, I think before I saw this particular tool, literally the power of it, you know, thinking about this conceptually, I would say, well, you know, we all use a little bit of like AI in our writing, right? I mean, writing an email, you're using, you know, Outlook, you know, in the past couple of years, Outlook or, or Word or, or Google Docs. I mean, you know, I start writing something and it, it predicts what I'm going to write and it's usually pretty accurate and I can hit tab and I can just jump ahead a few sentences. It takes me sort of less time. Um, uh, but there's something that feels like, you know, is there a line that's too far, you know? Yeah. I think, um, the di I think the difference right here is that there's a human machinic hybrid thing going on. That's a little bit, I mean, yeah, you could argue that you've got that with the predictive text, uh, tool, um, which by the way, if you remember, you know, there was a lot of discussion about that kind of thing too. That's right. Yeah. Well, in well, spell check. Far, uh, yeah. Spell check. Right. I was just going to say spell check. Right. If you go back far enough, people, you know, get anxious about all of these things. But, um, but what, how quickly have we become comfortable, right? With the idea that, you know, yes. I mean, in fact, if anything, I, I implore my students to use spell check <laughs> because I want them to, to, you know, take that, that final step of, of um, proofreading. You know, I think, as a writing teacher, and I, a lot of this was covered yesterday by we were um, just uh, full disclosure. Adam and I attended an an online um, uh, webinar yesterday. Brian Alexander, out of Georgetown University, he's also an independent scholar, uh, author of Acad uh, Academia Next. Um, he does a a series of webinars called the um, the Higher Education Futures Forum, which I highly recommend. And, and Adam and I attended yesterday, and and it was all about how how this stuff is going to change uh, higher education and what the implications are for teaching and learning. Uh, John Warner was was there, and he talked to, as a writing teacher a, a lot about uh, how he sees this changing what we do. And I thought one of the really smart things that he said is that what what this is going to do is it's going to expose some of the rote elements of our teaching and learning assessments. Um, the ones that students are already pretty good at just kind of uh, doing for a grade. Um, and and so it's going to cause us to rethink, I think in some cases, radically rethink our assignments and our assessments and our writing prompts and, and really, uh, you know, think about how we're going to get students to 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 do the kind of learning and critical thinking and analysis and summary and synthesis, which I think are still very important. I think that's still those are still important skills because writing is thinking, right? Um, you well, know. And, and you know, to that point, I think what's really interesting, right? Um, you know, I I was playing with with ChatGPT yesterday, asking it to to create some uh, some you know some narratives, some fictional narratives, right? And and, and things were just you know I, there were there were elements of it that I just didn't. You know, I didn't necessarily like. I you know, would say, well, you know, can you can you do this? Or you know, can you make it 
more direct or can you add dialogue or you know um uh you know i, I asked it to to write a to write a you know a, a narrative about you know a uh a refugee you know uh, uh coming to in to indiana and you know i i had asked it to add detail about like where indiana did this person settle and it said indianapolis i said well i kind of want a small town you know so i asked that so i there were these iterative sort of discussions that i had and 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 paul and i did the same thing actually when we were developing that that you know christmas carol um story uh, originally it was just about digital literacy and then we had it add in some details about digital gardener um but uh but what's interesting is that you know i think about that in how i would have students work together in a group right mm -hmm. because when students are working together in a group and looking at one another's writing doing peer, peer review um they're gonna they're gonna ask some of those questions you know could you add a little detail here or this, you know, point isn't clear or, or, or things like that, right? And that's essentially what I was doing with 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 ChatGPT, right? So, and I think we would say that the student, not, not in, in, in that situation, in the peer review situation, right? It's not just the student who's receiving the peer review who's learning something, right? But the student who's giving the peer review is also learning something through the process of, analysis and questioning right so so that 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 element of questioning and being able to 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 come up with better questions yeah. you know is is part of the learning so something like this could be used i think effectively in in, in that uh in that you know that that same goal of of really you know helping helping students really think think critically right uh, a friend of mine um uh you know uh, another journalism scholar jeremy Latow at lehigh uh, he he wrote you know a blog post earlier he said he said he's you know essentially and he's talking about it in in some ways in in the context of journalism you know he, he's saying that you know maybe this will make you know really rote stories done by by uh, AI and we, in fact we already see some of that mm -hmm. um, we have for for a few years Associated Press and others use some very basic stories like about sports or, or economics um, uh, updates you know, using AI but you know it, if, the, if those kind of rote stories can be done by AI then maybe journalists can can focus on uh, on more uh, you know impactful you know stories right does it free up our time to do more uh, more impactful things that, that AI can't right so I think that, um, and it, but he also made the point about uh, about the questions, right? Is that that the future, in many ways, is about questions, and 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 the AI really can't, at least as far as we know at this point, really can't sort of think. And the way I think think about, it, that, you know, we we can imagine a future that doesn't exist, right? Um, that that is not based on sort of any any reality, right? And and even in what. AI is coming up with it's based on on the empirical reality that we we have right now which mm -hmm. part of that is in fact yeah. bias right you know a lot of, there's a lot of concern that that AI is going to represent the bias that's all the that it's out there on the internet right and, and we when we see that in some ways right um and you know and AI is going to be reflective of of the input right humans are reflective of the input as well, but, but we also have sort of, you know, a capacity to, 
to think beyond that, right? And I think that that's that's a difference as well. But but it, it is it is very very fascinating, you know, um, you know what this means. You know, I, I want to ask you a question, Paul. You know, this this podcast is about digital literacy, and part of what we talk about in you know the Digital Gardener Initiative and digital literacy in general is that it's about helping students um, uh, develop better ways of uh, digital knowing, doing, and, and making, right? So what role does AI or maybe AI literacy have, you know, how much should this be part of, of what we expose students to and even, even use these kinds of tools in our teaching, uh, as a way that, that, that so students are, are prepared to use these tools in, in the workplace because they're going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think, I think for me, this does represent a big split from some of these earlier technologies. Because I think that this particular piece of software, as we've noted, is is one that will require us to think with um, rather than just think, at, you know, use as a tool. I mean, certainly chat GPT is still a tool, but it's one that as we've as we've said and as we've illustrated with our little our our little Christmas Carol example, it's it's one that we can engage in collaboration with in a way that is more human-like, I think, than a lot of these earlier types of platforms and technologies and tools. Um, and so I think that's going to require a bit of a, a shift in thinking. Um, it's going to require us to it's going to require us to really think about our teaching and what and, and and what these things can't do, like what Chat GPT, what Chat GPT can't can and can't do, and what and what humans can do. Like for example, I mean, just as a, a simple example, but like 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 you said, Adam, it's still data in, data out. Um, and I actually read in an article yesterday that, that, that the data set that ChatGPT uh, Chat pulls from actually stops at 2021. So it's not even as up to date as you might. Th- I mean, it's up to date, right? But it's, you know, everything from this year is uh, not part of its data set for some reason. I, I couldn't find a clear answer for why that was. Um, but in, in any case, I mean, it, the, you know, th- these tools are s- still have limitations. Uh, they are not human beings. They they cannot project into the future. They cannot come up with ideas, right? Like, hey, let's do a parody of the Christmas Carol that, you know, make, you know, takes fun, uh, or takes on IU, right? I, they, they can't, they can't do that, at least not yet, right? And so, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure if I fully agree. I mean, I think that, that, I mean, it, it can, I mean, aren't, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Aren't human beings um, you know, data in, data out, to some degree. Oh, which is versus, yeah. Go ahead. To some degree, yeah. But 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 um, I mean, now we're getting into kind of you know <laughs> theories of uh of kind of knowing and and uh, even ontology here. I mean, um, yeah, to some extent. But I think I think we are more than that. I think humans are more than just data in, data out, right? I mean, we we have a there's a certain, and this is something that got brought up again and again yesterday. There is something 
like a human touch. There is a um, there is something to be said for that feeling of human connection. And I think people, for the most part, know it when they when they see it. But I don't know. I'm curious to hear more of your thoughts on this. Yeah, you, you know, um, th- there was a, a quote uh, from a uh, one of the panelists yesterday. Yeah, and what I, I would say to faculty is the is that most of what you probably do in your day to day is really emerging as not that valuable. Probably almost all of it will need to change, and in fact, your role is going to be strongly questioned. So, if you're looking at what you should be doing differently in your role. It's really at the end of the day, you're looking at answering the question, what can you do that's better than the most advanced technology? And, and, and the point that she, she went on to make was it, it's, it won't be imparting fact. It won't be presenting curriculum. It won't be in evaluating learning. It won't be in preventing cheating, all of those things. It's not going to be any of that. She said, it's going to be how human and how important and valuable can you make the relationships with the learners, right? Um, uh, you know that 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 it's about the relationships that uh, that that we have as as instructors, and, and I would say not just you know in, um, in higher education, but I mean the the relationships that people have with one another in the workplace, right? I think we're seeing a a shift. Many people have said, you know, just like uh, just like the first and second industrial revolution, you know. We moved from from a agrarian to a industrial economy and culture. In many ways, right now we're moving beyond the industrial culture mm-hmm. um, in, into something that's more about sort of information, right, or service, right. So, how do we? What does that look like? And, and I think, um, uh, and, and I think, I think that. Person's right. It's about relationships, right? And it's about, about I think teaching students the relationships. We we talk about you know digital literacy, and a lot of times we think about soft skills in the digital frame, right? Mm-hmm. No, I think that that this is another way that digital literacy and sort of soft skills or power skills or essential human skills or however you want to define them, I think that they intersect in this way as well because by understanding what artificial intelligence and digital technologies can do as a tool and, that, and as a augment to our own work, then, then we can better understand the human elements that, that we provide. But it, it is, you know, it is a partnership, right? I mean, I think, I think that that's, you know, we, we talk about digital tools as tools, mm-hmm. but maybe, uh, and, 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 you know, our colleague Justin Hodgson has talked about this before, Right. Maybe it's a collab, you know, maybe ChatGTP is a collaborator, right? You know, I, I I don't think I've ever thought of the predictive text in Word as a collaborator. I think I think of that as a tool, but is there sort of a, a point in which it becomes a collaborator, right? Um, and, and, and I think that that's, you know, that that's the... Our culture and 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 our 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 economy and our laws, um, you know, aren't aren't aren't, uh, aren't built for that, right? So we ha- we have to really have those deep discussions about what does it mean um, for all those other structures. Yeah, this is what I was 
trying to get at earlier, right, which is that I think we've become pretty comfortable with the notion that these are tools to use. I think what we've got to do now is is begin to understand, and I think ChatGPT is taking the conversation more in that direction, that these are not just tools to use, but these are to, these are tools, and I hesitate to even use that term, that they're, 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 they're artificial intelligences to think with, to think with. Uh, and when I say that, what, what I'm trying to suggest is that there is a, a, as you noted, a collaboration. There is more, it, it's, a, it's a hybridity. Uh, it's a thinking with and a thinking through rather than just a, here's this tool I'm going to um, enforce my will. I mean, you know, through this tool, I'm going to enforce my will on the world. I think that is an important, very important distinction. A hammer is an incredibly useful tool. Uh, but, you know, a hammer is a tool that I think very clearly we are using, uh, you know, to to do something to the world with, right? Whereas ChatGPT is a different, is a different, it's a different entity all altogether. Yeah, I mean... And I'm, and I'm curious, Adam, if you could talk a little bit about what you think as far as how this... In the thinking that you've done about ChatGPT so far, what do you think has emerged as the things that only humans can do. I mean, you mentioned earlier the um, the panelists yesterday from the Northwestern Accreditation um, uh, School and Colleges organization talking about the, the human connection, empathy, connection, yeah. relationships. Well, one of the things that she said is that um, is that these systems like ChatGPT can mimic those kinds of things. So we, and people are going to anth anthropomorphize. Yeah, that's right. Right. These, these that's systems. Right. So they're going to attach empathy to it or interpret it. But, but there is, you know, it, it, it doesn't have that capacity. Right. Uh, but it, I mean, it's, 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 it's fascinating. You know, there's a quote by, um, uh, by, uh, I think it was, um, uh, uh, the uh, sociobiologist uh, Harvard, uh, Edward Wilson, he said, um, and this has been used a lot in different pieces lately, uh, but the real problem of humanity is the following. We have paleolithic emotions, medieval institutions, and godlike technology. Yeah, I like you know, um, and And I think that that's, that's, I mean, it kind of goes to that point about, about that, that, um, that shift, that cultural shift, right? You know, um, uh, you know, earlier you and I were talking and you said, um, man, uh, with the power of this, uh, I hope that there's a minimum basic income at some point. Right. You know, because it, it starts to question like, well, what, what are we, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Right. right. Um, and, um, uh, well, and it, 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 it is fascinating. You know, I, I think, I think right now though, you know, in higher education, and when we think about sort of again the purpose of our podcast, that sort of digital, digital literacy. Because I imagine this week many many podcasts will be talking about ChatGPT. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> but our niche, our niche. But but um, when, uh, but how many of them are going to have a rendition of the Christmas Carol? That's fair enough. Fair. Uh, you know what? Maybe more than we think, right? Oh. Um, but um, uh, we'll have to do some. We'll have to ask ChatGPT if we're only connected to the internet. I could find it for it. Um, but one of um, one of the things that I think uh, will be really necessary for us to do. 
there's going to be resistance. There's going to be a desire to resist, uh, to push away, to create policies, to do all these kinds of things that are reactive to, oh my gosh, we need to find something to stop this, right? And we're going to see that in higher ed, right? Oh yeah. You know, I really, really, really hope that we can that we can find a way to 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 see these these technologies as tools to to introduce students to to these tools early on um and and find them as effective you know uh again effective tools or are collaborators to doing work because they're going to be expected to do this mm-hmm. um in, in you know in jobs and and in civil society you know and 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 in you know post college right um you know how do we you know are we going into you know you, you teach composition courses imagine going into a composition course and say saying our um our assignment is to work with chat gpt to write you know a novel i don't know our, our you know um uh our short story um and uh, and you know, here's some parameters, but beyond that, like it's about, it's a, it's about that sort of, uh, interplay and conversation that students are having with, with the, this digital collaborator, with the, with this tool. Um, and, and, and you're assessing, that's what you're assessing, right? You know, so, um, so it becomes almost, you know, the assessment is the, the, the collaboration the digital collaboration as opposed to sort of maybe it's, maybe it's not writing per se, or maybe, maybe this is kind of writing, right? A kind of writing, an element of writing that's not, you know, the, what we t- typically think of it, right? You know, I would love for us to be able to, to address that directly. I don't know. What, do you think that, what do you think the prospects are for higher ed to really see this as an opportunity as opposed to a threat because it is both yeah i i I think you know looking at the composition classroom since you brought it up right and i think really one could make an argument that so so much of what happens in higher ed really kind of revolves around what we do in the first year writing classroom it's a great it's a great kind of synecdoche for so much in higher ed um the first year composition classroom Um, When I assign writing projects in first year composition, what I'm trying to get students to do, or in any any writing class, really, what I'm trying to get students to do is I'm trying to get them to reach outside of themselves. I'm trying to get them to to reach out into the world, to join into ongoing conversations, to find credible information and opinions and ideas and arguments, and to pull those things together align them or connect them or synthesize them with their own views and ideas about things and together bring those bring those disparate elements together um, and 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 put them into an ensemble right so in a certain sense okay you know just stay with me here in a certain sense students are already relying on the words ideas opinions attitudes texts of others. And I think there's a way in which we can view chat GPT as, as another, as another one of those others, right. That, you know, that's, that's, that students are are going to have to encounter, are going to have to learn to work with, listen to, uh, work through, think with, think through, et cetera. 
Um, but you know, it, it's 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 another entity, right? That students are now going to need to be uh, have some have some facility with and be able to respond to. You know, teaching writing is all about teaching students how to respond. It's about teaching them how to be, and you'll appreciate this as um, someone who is a rhetorician, right? It's 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 all about you know being able to respond in new and different situations that you find yourselves in. And I think that's something we can bring to bear here too. You know, this puts us in a really an kind of an unprecedented situation. You know, there's not really been a, a AI enabled uh, chat device like this in the past that takes all of this data and, and can kind of spit it back to you in these interesting ways that are oftentimes very subtle and very impressive. Uh, we haven't had to deal with that. And so this is going to be a real test of of our humanity and our sort of rhetorical ability to be able to figure out how are we going to respond to this moment. I do agree with the speaker yesterday, and I, I wish I could remember her name. I was trying to find it um, as I was looking on, online just now. Um, but um, if I was chat GBT, I could have found that almost instantly, I'm sure. But I, it, it, I think it is going to change a lot of what we value in higher ed, and there is going to be a tremendous amount of resistance. Because so many people, and probably, I mean, not, I don't exclude myself from this, have really gotten to a point where, you know, we feel like we kind of know what we're doing. And that's a very comfortable, very human feeling, right, is to kind of be at that point where, hey, look, I've got my assessments. I've got my, this is what I do in the classroom, right? This seems to work. I'm able to kind of get students to do what I want them to do. And I think this is going to force us to to rethink that um, in ways that are that are going to be uncomfortable and, and hard. Um, and, and I think maybe that's the, you know, not, not to be too trite, but I think maybe that's the human element is that we're going to have to figure out what higher education and higher education assessments are going to look like moving forward. That's on us. We're the only ones that can figure that out. The, I don't think the AI has advanced to a point yet where it's going to be able to answer that for us. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think that I think what you're getting at there is that we have the capacity, and, and, and this is the human element of it, right? We have the capacity for decisions, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I suppose you could make an argument that, that when the AI is choosing this detail or that detail, it's making a decision, perhaps. But but I think that, um, I think that maybe that's one of the sort of human elements, uh, uh, you know, as well. Well, uh, anyway, I, I think that uh, we would probably... Uh, nearing the end of of the episode, uh, so as not to go on you know, too too long, um, but we could absolutely. And, we've got actually. We I just full disclosure. We 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 we've got probably ninety pages of uh, Chat GPT generated uh, boilerplate. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and you know, um, this is probably a conversation in future episodes. We'll come back to you know we we wanted to get this um, episode out just to kind of have you know. Uh, have an initial discussion um, about the role of uh, of AI and, and digital literacy, and and you know, when you think about it, what that means in higher education. But I think that this is certainly going to be um, a topic that we'll continue to bring up, and and maybe we we have some opportunities to bring on some uh, some experts. You know, I know there's quite a number of experts at IU and elsewhere who uh, who can you can um, uh, you know provide perhaps some some different perspectives, te technical or 
you know, ethic, uh, um, an ethics framework or other kinds of, you know, uh, uh, perspectives. So um, with that, though, you know, I, I think let's, you know, I want to thank our listeners for uh, for listening uh, for, uh, you know, remember, uh, as we've said before, you know, get the digital gardening podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So Apple podcasts and Spotify and, uh, and anchor and Google podcasts, uh, wherever your finest podcasts are not sold. It's It's free. Yeah. Do we have any announcements to make for folks? I I know we're, we sort of teased the application for digital gardening for spring. Are are we doing? Yep. Yep. So, so we have a digital gardener faculty fellowship cohort that's coming in, uh, in the spring. This will be our third cohort um of the our faculty fellows program and then we're looking at other ways to expand the digital gardener initiative um, in other ways so uh so look look forward to uh to that you can always get more information about the initiative at go.iu.edu forward slash dgi you can always email us at dgi at iu.edu and certainly if you have any questions or thoughts or you'd love to be on one of our episodes feel free to shoot us an email there as well so thank you again and happy holidays happy holidays paul thank you for uh you know for uh, your uh wonderful um uh, bob Mar- or uh, uh bob marley jake marley, yeah. marley. jacob marley yep sorry i knew what i was saying i'm like hold on that's not right see see you know chat gpt wouldn't make that much no, no they wouldn't have no. <laughs> anyway bob marley with jacob marley Take two. What is this podcast called? Digital gardening, right? Uh, what, what, what is our podcast called? Is that what it's Yeah, is it Digital Gardener? Digital, digital gardening. gardening. That's what I thought. Okay. Cultivating digital literacy in higher education. Yeah, okay. I just couldn't remember the first part. No, I know. There's a lot. Yeah, so I get confused on that too. The, 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 Don't include that in the episode. Anyway, okay. The podcast is Digital Gardening.